Welcome to the Bethel Baptist Bible Devotion Time. This is Pastor Donnie Shoemate of the Bethel Baptist Church in North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. I want to welcome you today. Thank you for taking time uh, to be with us this morning. And let's open our Bible. If you have a copy of God's Word, I want to encourage you to open up your copy. What a privilege it is to have a copy of God's precious Word. Let's open it up this morning. I want to encourage you to do that. And there's reasons that I encourage you to do that is because that the more you read the Bible for yourself, the more God will speak to you through his blessed word. And it's good to read along with somebody who's teaching or preaching. I want to encourage you to carry your Bible to church, to Sunday school, and certainly as as we study the word of God together, anytime you do Bible study, you need a copy of God's precious word. Today we're looking in John's gospel and again we've entitled this study A Journey Through John and we're already to chapter number 17 and uh, we know that Jesus is continuing his prayer to the Heavenly Father and Jesus knows that his hour has come and by that term it means that he knew that he was going to suffer uh, for the sins of man, he was going to die on the cross of Calvary. Jesus knew of the disciples' great disappointment as uh, he would go and be crucified and how it would turn their world totally upside down. A marvel at Jesus' prayer for his disciples as we find it here in the scripture in John 17. Again, this is not the garden but it is on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. As we look here in verse number 9, and let's read down through verse number 13 today. The Bible says, and these are the words of Jesus, he says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them, which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Verse number 11. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I, 
I kept them in thy name, those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. What uh, powerful prayer uh, the Lord Jesus is praying here this morning. As we look at this, I'm going to put down, I'm just, we may have to actually divide this study into two parts, and we'll just see how it goes this morning, but I think that it possibly we will. And I'm going to start with the first two things that I just want to share with you. And the first thought is Jesus is praying for his men. Now, as we look at this this morning, Jesus is distinctly praying for those who God the Father had given unto him. And as we look at this again in verse number nine, Jesus said, I pray for them. Oh my, you know what? We realize that that we need to pray for one another. And there are times when we need to pray for ourselves. But here it is that Jesus is praying for his disciples. He says, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Now, directly and distinctly, Jesus is praying for those who were the chosen apostles. He is praying for them. Jesus is not praying for the world. And that has the meaning of the rejectors or those who are rebellious. And Jesus was not praying for the world. Jesus was praying for those whom God had given to Jesus and those who God had given to Jesus were his and they were also the fathers as well. So Jesus is distinctly praying for the disciples or the apostles. And then not only that, but Jesus declares the unity of the Godhead. And I think that we need to build upon that doctrine of the unity of the Godhead. I think that Jesus is teaching us, even through his prayer, what communion, what fellowship, what unity there was and is and always has been between him, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit. As we look at this, in verse number 10 again, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. You see, Jesus, he, he shares the creation. Uh, all three of the Godhead was involved in creation. Jesus is creator. Holy Spirit is creator. The Holy Spirit moved upon the face of the water, and God spoke, and God said, God the Father, it was his will that the earth be created, and God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all three greatly involved in creation, and they shared the creation. Can I say to you, God owns the title deed to this world, and he does even today. Uh, we may have titles and deeds and all of this, but God owns it all. So the shared creation is the Lord Jesus. He's entitled to it, thus being creator. But not only that, but the shared communion, the oneness of God. I, I'm amazed at the oneness of God. 
And God wants us who are the church, who are the saved, the called out, the born again believers, and we should be one in the body of Christ. You know what? When we come to the house of God, we should have that oneness. We should be one. We should be in one mind, one accord. And, and we're not going to do much unless we are in that oneness. It's much related to like a husband and wife relationship in marriage. That oftentimes is signified by the word oneness. They become one flesh. And that is what we are in Christ. And that is what Christ is in God. So you understand the depth a little bit more of the importance of the oneness or the communion or the fellowship. Being one, you can't be divided. Amen? Two can be divided, but one cannot be divided. And when we are one in oneness, in unity, in fellowship, in communion, even the church of God cannot be divided. And boy, I thank God for that. We need some more preaching and teaching upon that subject. But Jesus is declaring the unity of the Godhead. And I love that this morning. As we're thinking about that, Jesus is praying for his men. He distinctly prays for uh, those that God the Father had given to him. And he declares the unity of the Godhead. But I want you to notice in verse number 11, Jesus is praying for unity among his own after his departure. And we uh, can see that and we should understand it. And I'm going to be honest with you today. I think it's one of the things that's lacking in the Christian atmosphere is the oneness and unity of the body of Christ. We should be in unity together. Verse number 11 says, And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come unto thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Now, there it is. There's the oneness. There's the unity. Jesus' thoughts right here before Calvary were upon those who were going to be left behind. He, he, he had the idea that they needed him to pray for them. And Jesus was concerned, and, and it was a great concern, that he was going to be absent from them. Now, we realize that the Holy Spirit would come uh, at the day of Pentecost, which was 40 days uh, after after uh, the ascension. So the day of Pentecost, when that day came, uh, the disciples were gathered together. But between the, the time of the ascension and the time of the, of the coming of the Holy Spirit, in that degree, uh, the disciples were in a very precarious situation. And Jesus, his thoughts were upon them. Jesus was concerned, and he prays for them, and he pleads to the Heavenly Father that they be one as we are. And I want to say this to you and I. We need to be one, and, and one is strong, amen? And it is, and we need to understand that. And then, not only Jesus' thoughts upon his own, but Jesus proclaims keeping power. You see, Jesus asked them to be kept by the authority of God's name. That's what he said. And if you'll look in the verse, you'll see that. And uh, kept through thine own name. 
And, and as I read that in verse 11, I marvel at it, but they're kept by the name of God. In other words, the authority of God's precious name. And then Jesus asked those whom God has given him to be in oneness as he and the Father have. And that is the thrust of this verse, this section of scripture is oneness. And again, we can't stress that enough, the importance of oneness. It'll keep us from separating if we're one. And it'll keep us from, from being defeated if we're one. And if we get a hold of that, it'll help us throughout all our life. It'll help young people in their marriage. It'll help churches and pastors to love one another and to go forward together. And it will take care of a lot of trouble in this walk of life. Well, Lord willing, we'll be back in the morning to try to finish up in these verses, verses 9 through 13. We're going to have to do it in two parts, just like I suspected as I looked at it, because there's just a lot in the context. Well, Lord willing, we'll be back again in the morning. May God bless you today is our prayer. Bye-bye. Child, I know you're sorry for all that you have done.